joined by me, host Liam, and today we've got another Just Free Kick host, specifically Mel. Mel, how are you going? I'm good, specifically Liam. No, good to be here. Um, I don't think I've done one of these since, with you at least, since pre-round one. So it's yeah. been a while. Well, it's, it's yeah, we've, it's, it's been mainly uh, a, the Bales and Liam experience. Uh, Will came and joined on one episode, but, you know, always happy to have another Free Kick host on. It's... Uh, it was looking like it was going to be a relatively quiet week for news. It was looking like teams this week were going to be dominated, or news this week was going to be dominated by the men's trade period. But no, the AFLW has given, you know, just thrown down the gauntlet and given us a whole bunch of uh, spicy lineup changes this week. Mm. So I reckon we just jump straight into it, given we've also started a little bit later. Yep. We've got. Game tomorrow night, 7.45pm, which just beautiful. The normal start time for a football game. Yep. None of this random scrambling around at 5pm. We've got Richmond and Hawthorne up in Cairns. Ins and outs, uh, Laura Elliott is in for Louise Stevenson for Hawthorne. And then for Richmond, Mick McDonald omitted and Lauren Caruso omitted. And then in come Beth Lynch and Caitlin Greiser. Do we know? Now, oh, sorry. Yeah, yeah, you go. I was going to say, do we know why they omitted Stevenson? Yeah, look, that was um, because that's surprising. These were the two. This, this was uh, yeah, that was the two main things for me, which was the omission of McDonald and mm. Stevenson. Very, very odd in my mind. They've both been best twenty-one players basically every time, every game. Yeah, they've been available in the last two seasons. So, I guess the main thing might be that. Well, it, it, well, maybe earlier in the season I might have said, oh, that's that's really great for Batesy. She might not see a tag because McDonald's not playing. And, and McDonald last year really in the back end, basically from now onwards through the final, she showed herself to be a pretty dominant tagger, particularly for those players that you try to use their size. But that role has been filled more this season by Sarah Hosking, particularly on the weekend against Maddie Presbarkas. So... Mm. I don't even think that's going to be the biggest impact. In terms of, uh, you know, interesting things to come from this game, like fantasy-wise, it's a bit of a ruck round. Mel, you're a big fan. Everyone <laughs> is scrambling for who to pick in their rucks. Would you go full pod and pick Gabby Seymour? Um, well, she's definitely lost a lot of money. Um, well... Yeah, that's what happens when you play in defence for a week. Yeah, but I don't like the mix of her and Poppy Kelly. And actually, where did my team line go? I think... Oh, I was not prepared for this. Um... Okay, so she's got the main... Yeah, she's got the main position at the moment. Hmm. No, I think I wouldn't just because we're at the pointy end of the season. A lot of people have... Like there's there's a lot of drama going on with the rucks and it just feels like if you you've only got one on field like don't go necessarily specky there. I still think she's a great ruck and a great fantasy ruck, but 
I'm just not sure if this time of the season is the right time to do it. But I also haven't yeah. really put my mind in that position because I'm kind of not making those trades. So it's because there is only one and that's not something I've thought about yet. Uh, that could be kind of ill-informed advice. What do you reckon? Yeah, I think I think the main thing for me, and we're going to have to talk about it when we talk about Port Adelaide, but the, the biggest issue this week is, well, not the biggest issue, but an, an issue is the fact that Liv Bicky has been named back in the side. Yes, I had a question mark on that next to what does that mean for Schultz? Yeah, so I think thinking that means that there's now question marks on what literally every single, you know, popular ruck, you know, Bree Moody question mark about long-term consistency of role, given Good might only be out one week and coordinate in the ruck, and then Strom has the on-your-tie issue. Then well, obviously out. I have so many thoughts on this because even just like just starting at Port Adelaide, we saw Matilda Schultz has had sixty-five-ish hitouts every single time. Um, sixty-five points, I'm assuming. Oh, hitouts, but yeah, therefore points. Uh, it'd be hard to. It'd be hard to have. Oh yeah, true. Sorry, what am I looking at? Right context percentage. Oh, that's percentage. <laughs> I was like, actually, now that I said it, yeah. So she's maintained her share regardless of who else has come in. So either you know, Lavicki had the other chunk. Um, Wharton takes quite a large share. Indy Tahoe had some before she left. So, like, I'm, I don't think just based on this share that Lavicki coming back in is going to take it away from Schultz. It'll probably just redistribute it and free up Wharton a little bit more, which is probably what they want anyway to get her forward power back. Um, so that one is, like, a little bit, but not enough for me to want to trade her out. But then when you start talking about Strom, we've got, Bowers back and my main reason for liking Strom was that she had a very high share of tackles and everything else that went on in the game with and with and without Bowers but it was like when Bowers left it was like what was going to happen there I'm not sure I haven't like you know fully dived into the data on it um but just knowing that that was my point about why I like Strom so much before, I'm not sure if Bowers coming back kind of dampens her a bit for me. But then you've also got this beautiful, oh, actually, I don't want even want to talk about Carlton's right because it's currently Harriet Cordner on the team sheet. Yeah, look, we'll be, <laughs> we, might, uh, we might have to get to that one. Uh, but, yeah, look, it's, it's really going to be a tough choice this week and I think there might even be a bit of time for discussion about it at the end. I, I think for the rest of the... For the kind of rest of the lineups for for Richmond and Hawthorne, uh, look, the the main one that people are probably uh, clinging onto if you're a pod owner is Emily Bates. You're hoping she bounces back. Yeah. You know, you've got your rose tinted spectacles on that she's just not got a copper tag, and you know who knows what uh, what the scoring will bring and what her price will do this week. I think that Richmond, being a team that's suffered from injuries so much this season, to have a couple of players back in, um, it could be boosting their confidence and they take a player to put a tag on. Um, who did you say it was before? Foskey. That's right. Um, but also I wonder if when we've seen this kind of random omitted before, it's been for some fascinating reason, like not sleeping or not training hard enough or whatever. I wonder if there's something going on there within, like we understand why Caruso's out. But, like, is this is Stevenson yeah. and McDonald, like, when you see a, a high-quality name just randomly emitted for, without any explanation, I wonder if that's something that's going on there. So that, does that make me feel yeah, any well, better about Batesy? No. But there's probably 
for me, I, you know, it doesn't really move the needle too much on uh, on Batesy. But moving then along to the next game, we've got the Western Bulldogs against the Sydney Swans. This has a lot of names in and out. So for the Western Bulldogs, out Christy McLeod, ah, Kevin Coin, yeah, Alice Edmonds, and Dom Caruthers. I've got that one right. In, uh, oh no, it's Caruthers, isn't yes, it? But it's Caruthers. Uh, <laughs> you and Bales were just nailing the Caruthers last week. It was great. Uh, then in you've got Izzy Pritchard, Jeb Majoya, Rocky Cranston, and Heidi Woodley. For Sydney, it's Julio Sullivan, Ruby Sergeant Wilson, Book Lockman, and Paris McCarthy in out. Uh, Lauren Spaggs Spaghetti, Amy Whelan, Jade Anthony, and Ali Morfitt with the knee. Well, given we just had a tangent about rucks, how about we talk about some rucks? Mm. Bella <laughs> R. Smith. <laughs> well, Bella Smith against Bree McFarlane. Hey, Bree McFarlane um, is a name we now all know. Uh, yes, we all know it. We didn't know it before, and uh, before did we? Well, I don't know. Maybe I didn't, but I don't know if you did. <laughs> I did. Ah. <laughs> right. Well, it's um. These are two rucks that were fairly well owned inside the top hundred at the very least, and also in the top uh, top one thousand. Got no Edmonds and no Morfitt. It means that uh, all those owners are probably going to have to to shuffle elsewhere. <laughs> I guess the, that's like forty six percent of the top one hundred over those two yes, free trades. It is a lot. Mm. Yep, yeah. I, I was doing that maths earlier. Uh, it's um, yeah. It's glad, I'm glad it's not me. But in terms of uh, the other ins and outs, I'd say the the big one is the return of Izzy Pritchard. Is one that I'm really fascinated by because she looked really really good. Uh, before she was just randomly rested. Mm. Uh, you know, she's definitely an option, possibly more for Marrera's Magic than anything else. Uh, the other interesting things that in terms of where players are named, uh, Gabby Newton has been named at centre-half forward again, which I really want to say, you know, yeah, launch into, launch into Gabby, given she's looked really good as a defender. She's a fair bit more cheaply priced as a forward, but oh, I just hate the fact that she keeps getting made it at centre half forward, and I, I know that they're they're down tall bodies yeah. around the ground. It's, I think I it'll think be an interesting game down. because I know the Bulldogs like suck, suck, but like Sydney's not that crash hot. Um, are you script? Are you doodling while you talk? Because I can hear that. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> no, I'm actually writing some notes. Down. Oh, nice. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, I uh, I think the Bulldogs are going to be having to do some funky things with so many injuries and they kind of stand a chance against Sydney so they might be trying to go all out here and get their first win. Um, so I just wouldn't be going anywhere near the Bulldogs yet again. Um, but the, th- the thing that I found super annoying about this uh game is that Paris McCarthy is back in, who is 6% owned in the top 100 and like 7% in the top 1,000. I imagine she's been a lot of people's loophole or maybe they just forgot about her. But if you were like me, you traded her in when she debuted being like, sweet, get some easy points. And then she was DNP after that. So you're like, cool, I won't do a trade for a loophole. I'll just keep Paris McCarthy. She's now in. So my loophole has disappeared. (laughs) Um, 
So unless oh, I want to trade her that out. Is, that is very unfortunate. It is pretty annoying. Um, and she's a whopping, where is she? 309000 So unless I oh, want to okay. lock in a, a trade to make $9,000 um, so that I can have a not playing person on my field for my loophole, probably just going to sit that one out and well, not loophole. Unfortunately, the problem you've got is this week, this week is the week that you really want to loophole because all of the kind of that you know the big four of the big five have tough matchups this week. But I'd actually think that this is a good week to not loophole because it's not binary. Like other weeks, it's been two, three tops in your contenders. Like it's a Ghana Marinoff question, or it's a Ghana Marinoff maybe a Robottom, but Robottom or Gardener have been like lowly picked, and it's like well, it's obviously going to be either Ghana or Marinoff that goes the biggest. But now you've got because of these tough matchups. Robottom's a question mark. Garden is a question mark if you don't have a um, Riddell even, Hatchard even. Like it's actually probably the first week where because of matchups and the fact that most of the good op- – like two of the good options are in Brisbane, uh, in Adelaide, two of the good options are in North Melbourne, there's going to be a significant portion of people that fuck up their captains because of it. So I'm like – Yes, but I don't, I don't want to be part of the people that fuck up their captains because I – that's why I want a loophole. Like I want to, I, I want to guarantee the ability. Yeah, but to you might put your VC on someone and then change your captain to someone else, and it's a third or fourth player that you have that goes big that should have been it. Like it's not a anyway. I just don't think it's like a fifty fifty. Um, no, I see. It, you know, I see it more as like a trying to see how many times I can get a bite of the cherry. Oh, you're just going to keep shuffling the C down. Well, I can only do it twice. I oh, can, yeah. I okay. I can only do it, you know, I only get the VC and the C, but it's the fact that I'm not certain on anyone this week. I, I'm certain that I want two shots shots at it mm. is the main thing. That's that's my thing. Well, Robottom is in my side for the first time and I'm just going to chuck it on her because I think she's got the easiest matchup. She does. She does have the easiest matchup. She's very high on my, uh, in my, on my ranks as well. In terms of uh, the actual game we're meant to be discussing, Yep. <laughs> Your favourite player, yeah, for the work she did on Batesy. Look, she. You're also a Blackburn owner. I presume she's Blackburn now uh, because of the Tanya tag. I, Bulldogs have gone from not even a twinkle in my eye, not someone I cared about at all, to like, oh, maybe I've been missing out on this the whole time, and now I'm like, they're not 18 out of 18 because I actively dislike them, and that's a, that's an emotion. But like, nothing Bulldogs in my side. Um, Blackburn is going to get tagged. Blackburn is the only solid, I don't want to say only, but she is quite holding that team together. Um, if she gets injured, say, because she's doing too much uh, or they're playing a bit of a wacky game style to try and get a first win, like they're screwed and so would my fantasy side be. So she's she did some good good work a couple of weeks ago and she's well and truly out. And I suspect yep. a lot of Blackburn owners will be doing the same. I, I would suspect the same thing, and it'd be unfortunate if you're also a Parker owner and you're limited in your options. I think the other storyline that I probably just want to discuss from this game, Ella Heads has been mm. – she's pretty consistently kind of uh, inside the top 100, top 1,000, the cheapest person people have in their defence. Uh, now, this week it was kind of, yep, all right, she's on the way out. She's not got a great role at the moment. And part of that was because Lawrence Getty is taking a few more of those kick-ins. 
and just generally being a bit more of a distributor off the back line. Now, Lauren Zagetti has been dropped this week. Mm. I'm now sitting here personally going, oh, is it really the week to trade out Ella Heads? Well, I think... Mel, were you, you weren't able to watch the, the Hawthorne game, were you? No, but my awareness of McAvoy as someone who's coming back and taking points is that she's the, like, round six, yeah, sure, it was Sagetti that was taking the kick-ins away from heads, but then it's also been McAvoy and McAvoy's not dropped, is she? No, McAvoy's not no. dropped. It's more so not even just, like, the, the kick-ins. It's just game-style-wise seeing mm. who... Is actually just taking possessions away if they're, they're going to chip it around the back. Like Port Adelaide, yeah, she has eight. Lawrence Aguetti against Carlton, she has four. You know, McAvoy has four last week. It's being shared around a little bit more. I'd like a little bit less of that. I'd like a little bit more concentration. Something more akin to the Geelong and Brisbane games for, for heads where she was dominating, you know, 80% of the kick-ins. But I think the biggest thing is we know that there are some players who take kick-ins who have crap scores because they do nothing else. Mm. Heads, has, Heads has been someone who's able to put together a decent score outside of just taking kick-ins and as an interceptor and also someone who just gets chip the ball around at the back. Yeah, I think if... I'm now second-guessing my trade of Heads out just because the fact that Zagetti is, is also admitted. I think that if you don't need her for cash gen purposes um, and she's the, the fifth player in your back line where you've got five kind of solids, maybe, you know, you've got Evans, Carney, Thomas, I don't know, Sheeran or something and then Heads and you're like, yeah, sorry, Heads is yep, great. Oh, really? <laughs> um, then yep. maybe you're happy to leave her there. But if you need cash gen to upgrade, like upgrade or shuffle a Parker or some of the other, you know, a, a Batesy, uh what's her name, Blackburn, any of these other kind of changes that we know that we need to be doing, um, uh, it. then she's someone that I think because her break-even is quite high, she, that role is questionable, you are counting on it changing based on Sagetti being dropped um, with McAvoy still there. Like it is a little bit risky and so I think if you, you could justify it either way, I think it just depends on how desperate the other parts of your team are. And, like, for example, she's 730 grand with an average of, what was it, like 60-ish? You've got Tiny Evans who's 736 grand and averaging closer to 70. I'm like, well, yeah. if I wanted to make a, a shuffle in my... Tiny Evans. Pardon? I've got Tiny Evans is the problem. Oh, no, no, I know. But, I mean, like, if you're thinking of trying to get some yeah, money out of there... Like, she is overpriced yeah. in comparison to the rest of the back line. She is, yes, somewhat overpriced given her current form, but we also know she's got a better ceiling than that. So mm. it's certainly something that I've, I've dabbled, particularly with sending um, heads down to Daisy Darcy for that kind of cash gen. It's just now that uh, I've got to rethink my ruck strategy a little bit and, you know, whether or not I'm comfortable running Schultz out onto the park this week that uh, has got me thinking... Is there any potential upside again in Ella Heads? Hmm. Um, so, yeah, there's where my thoughts are at the moment. Now, moving along to Brisbane and Adelaide, we've got Brisbane with in, nil, out, nil. That's really unfortunate, the same players both in and out of the side. And then for Adelaide, out, uh, Najwa Allen with her three-week suspension. Hmm. 
and the very unfortunate Alex, um, Abby Ballard doing her knee. And in, we've got Tegan Levy, I believe is her name. Taylor. Don't. Taylor Levy. And then also in is Brooke Tonnen, who is a defender who's been playing for most of this year. Mm. Now, Taylor Levy is a rookie. If yes, she's debuting. Okay. Mm. Basketballer, uh, rookie listed midfielder. She's been playing basketball at Cleveland State University. There you go. Which means that I don't see many stats for her. Um, now, my eyes went my straight to. Oh yeah, sorry. Yeah, you go. Oh, my eyes went straight to. Um, oh gosh, I've lost my train of thought now. Uh, oh, Randall being named in the midfield. Yes, yes, that was my main thing. Brooke Tonnen being named is a big deal for me because mm-hmm. Najwa Allen was out and that means they're going to be short a defender again this week. But because they've named Tonnen as a defender on the bench, mm. it frees up Randall again to play as a tagger, potentially for Ali Anderson. Would you, if you were searching for cash, let's say you've got Chloe Malloy at F5, be downgrading to Malloy for cash gen? Sorry, downgrading to Randall for cash gen. Um, I don't know, because we saw her listed in the midfield last week and then had the on-off game, on-again, on off-again game with her injury. I think just based on the fact that that was on a pretty easy team and she was still kind of injured and looking after herself, I don't know, like, yeah, Lions is a tough matchup, so maybe she'll just push through if she is still in, feeling a bit sore. But... This is probably, I don't have the um, fixture off the top of my head, but this is probably Adelaide's toughest game for the next little while. So maybe she pushes through and injures herself a bit more and then doesn't stick around in that same position for, like, the next couple of rounds. Oh, then they've got North, yeah, damn got, it. Got so, North. I don't know, it's just the injury and the swapping of position is making me think, like, she's not someone you would bring in. We know she can do it and she's got that position, but, like... <sighs> Overall, I'm a no. You know, we, she, she had low time on ground last week and had a knee knock but appeared to be fine to run out the game when she came back on in the second and third quarters. Look, I think that in terms of ways to generate cash, you, you're picking up you know, 130K, I think, off the top of my head because Randall still was 600K player. Mm. So Randall is six sixty and Malloy is eight twelve. So you're picking up one hundred and fifty k. I wouldn't be trading out Malloy when they're playing Bulldogs, though. Like I'd rather trade out a defender in Sydney rather than a forward in Sydney in this game. Yeah, look, that, uh, that's very fair. But if you're talking about the least consistent forward, um, the forward line's pretty concentrated in a lot of teams at this point. Mm. Malloy's very popular. Yeah, as the worst scorer, kind of the least consistent. Yeah, okay, she could go big this week, but. Yeah. She's had that. She's threatened to go big a couple of times and then just settled for a seventy. And, and outside of that one score at a hundred, she's really not been a great uh, consistent player. So I think, uh, yeah, it's going to be a fascinating one to yeah. follow. Hey, um, uh, when we watch on Sunday, on Saturday, yeah, I got to run um, for a few minutes. Uh, got a family call I have to make. Unfortunately, neither Bailey nor Will is here, so you get to chat amongst yourself. That is absolutely fine. I'm more than capable of doing that. If you could come back nice and speedy, then uh, that'd be great. But otherwise, yeah, 
I'll give it a go. Uh, I will be back soon, hopefully. All right. Well. How do I leave? Well, oh, there everyone, we go. You get to, you get to uh, enjoy just me chatting for a bit. But, you know, at this point I've heard, I've talked about this stuff. And I'm pretty capable and confident in uh, I know something about what I'm talking about. So in terms of what's happening with Brisbane, the real question here is who is going to tag for Brisbane and who are they going to tag? Because... Kathy Spark has played as a tagger at some games this year, and then also so has Brianna Conan. Now, what I find really interesting is that when it was a faster player or a smaller player this year, the tag option has actually been Spark, whereas Brie Conan was the player who was using as the tag uh, against Charlie Rowbottom, and then similarly against uh, Jazz Garner. So... I think the fact that, uh, yeah, it, it really is going to be a brutally difficult choice for people, and, and it might be the reason that I just avoid captaining Ebony Marinoff completely. In terms of trading in and Hatchard, I also think it's just too much of a risk this week, particularly if you know that you're going up um, you know, against North Melbourne who aren't going to run a tag at all and do allow the ball to be moved, particularly in the first half, kind of up and down the ground. I think it kind of rules Marinoff as a captain out and then Hatchard as a trade-in this week off the cards. But, yeah, I think if I have to give my prediction, I think it'll go at least in some part to Marinoff first in the hope that uh, Brisbane can kind of stop the metres gain dominance. But I also have a feeling that it could go to both players during uh, during this game. So it's going to be a fascinating game to watch. Uh, it's very unfortunate that it's on at the same time as the next game, which two not as nearly good sides, but two fascinatingly fantasy-relevant sides. We've got GWS up against Carlton. So in for GWS, you've got Fleur Davis, Tegan Gurmick back and out, Piggy Parker and Rebecca Beeson, who's been suspended. In for Carlton, you've got Paige Trajan, Brooke Vickers, Imogen Milford and Keely Skepper. Out, you've got Maddie Hendry, Kira Fitzgerald, Jess Good and Jess Dalpos. So, again, we're going to talk rucks because I'm going to start just quickly with GWS because... It's not actually the world's most fantasy-relevant thing, but it is actually ridiculous that the two players they have named in this week are two rucks on top of the two rucks they already had from last week, meaning that running out in their 21, you've got Fleur Davis, Cambridge McCormick, Renee Karras, and Tegan Gurmick. So basically 20% of that side is going to be running out as rucks this week. I still have no idea what's going on at GWS. The main thing we need to talk about, though, is what's happening at Carlton. Jess Good hasn't been able to get up from that injury, ankle injury she had on the weekend, meaning that Carlton are down ruck. Now, Carlton have played some shenanigans in the past, at the very least this season, with players named in certain positions. Interestingly, they've not decided to put Brianne Moody in at the centre bounce on the team sheet. They've gone with Harriet Cordner. Now, off the top of my head, I'm pretty sure that in a past life, yes, Harriet Cordner, I knew I remember this from something. Harriet Cordner, when she was at Melbourne in 2020, she had a few games to start the year where she was rucking a fair amount. 
She had 17 hitouts in round two, 16 in round three, and 12 in round one. So, yeah, look, I think it really does suck a lot that uh, Priyan Moody is, uh, is, is gone from presumptive favourite once we heard that Good wasn't playing this week to be the, the best option for everyone's side. If you did have Ellie Morfitt and you were looking for a sideways to kind of tinged with some risk. Here's why, though, I don't think it's going to matter too much. We already know that Moody can score pretty well when she plays as a forward. I think the ruck split will probably be more in Moody's favour, even if they've named Harriet Cordner as a follower. But it still means that you're going to be taking a little bit of a leap of faith if you're actually going to play this week. So, yeah, look, that was the most frustrating thing that I saw when uh, when the team sheet uh, came out. In terms of any the players that have come in, I believe that oh, what's how much Paige Paige Strudgeon is a 300k defender. Now you can trade her in if you really need the cash, but uh, I'm telling you now this is not a superstar fantasy scorer, unfortunately. Um, if anyone feels like being annoying to um, Doss, ask him what he thinks of uh, Paige Trudgeon. He was in, she was in his side last year, and it went spectacularly poorly. I'm just pulling up her stats here. A, a fat average of 19.3. Um, what is interesting, though, is in the season prior, she'd actually averaged 43.9 um, with a max of 61. So I really don't think that uh, that role is going to reappear. But the fact that if you really want to take a stab, Carlton have shown that they were really desperate to get an experienced uh, key defender in. You could play, pick worse players than Paige Trudgeon, but I wouldn't be expecting much cash generation. Now, moving across to GWS more seriously, the big discussion here is who is going to replace Elise Parker in the middle because, unfortunately, the player I thought would be most likely to come in and replace was Beck Beast. Unfortunately, she's right next to her on the team sheet as in the outs for a suspension. So who do we think it's going to be? I think, first of all, we're probably going to see some more midfield time for Nicola Barr, who's had her best score this year. Uh, Or at least, yeah, I'm pretty sure her best score this year when there was less midfield time for Elise Parker. And then separately, I reckon we're probably going to see some more midfield time from Hanin Zarika. Who's going to fill that third rank? We've seen already that every single one who's named on that centre line in Peace, Dalloway and Eva has had, at least in the past or this season, a centre bounce role. I think that, uh, look, if I was coaching the team, I'd, I'd be probably preferencing getting Alicia in, at least Alicia Eva in for at least a few, um, uh, at least a few minutes in at the CBAs, so I think we might see some of her first CBAs for the year, but if you're looking for trading options this week, I think it's the forwards in Bar, Zarika, and Goldsworthy, because I think that Goldsworthy will also continue to get CBAs. I also think she'll just give him... Excuse me. She'll be given some more licence to move around the ground and you know, play the similar role that Parker does, which is just get to stoppage to stoppage and lay some tackles and, and be a pretty good kick as well. So in terms of the uh, the big ins this week, this is yet another game that's just filled with fascinating options. Moving along to 
the five o'clock game on Saturday. We've got Yalta Pulti up against the Gold Coast Suns. Now, out for Yalta Pulti is Alex Ballard and in is Liv Levicki for Gold Coast. Out are Mira Swerven Gervin and Kara McCrossan, who's been omitted. In are Wallace Randell and Ashanti Bush. So, now, the, the main thing to take away from this, we've already kind of discussed it earlier with Mel, was Liv Levicki has been named in the side. Now, off the top of the bat, that doesn't sound great. That sounds like someone who can steal ruck time away from uh, Matilda Schultz. Here's the reason why I'm not overly concerned. Even when Liv Levicki was playing in the side, in round one, that was the only game she's played. She only had 25% CBAs, and Gemma Horton was still getting 12%. And I do actually agree with what Mel was saying earlier, which is I think this is a move to give a more balanced role to Gemma Horton to be able to spend more time forward, less time having to be a ruck. So I do think you, you can probably keep Matilda Schultz this week. The thing that really does suck for everybody is that the Gold Coast Suns and Lauren Bella are a really, really tough ruck matchup. So I'm also okay with making the call to trade out Matilda Schultz, either up to um, Steph Wales or up to Mim Strom, I think. Or if you can go the whole way up to, to Bree Moody, I also think that's a, a perfectly acceptable option. It's just that uh, that's a fair bit of cash. And I know a lot of people are, are really struggling at this point. So I think that's the... The main in, I don't know if we need to overreact to it too much. Alex Ballard being out is a very big surprise if you played fantasy last year because she was one of their better scorers and one of their kind of best rookies. Um, unfortunately, that means that, uh, well, actually, fortunately for a lot of people, Emily Borg was one of the most popular ins last week and she's now probably going to have a little bit more of the ball back there with Ballard out. Another option which is hilarious that Mel is now not on to discuss it, is Ant Foley is going to be in a position probably to spend more time off halfback, coming into a set of really, really good matchups. If the top, the top of my head, I think Gold Coast is one of the absolute easiest to play against. So Port Adelaide, yes, easiest matchup this week. So Look, I think Ange Foley is a one-week play only, but it's just an interesting thing to note. I also think it's good for Jazz Simmons, who is also still very cheap this week if you are looking to trade down to a defender. For the Gold Coast Suns, I think that the fact that uh, Mira Gervin is out is great news for anyone who's looking for Daisy Darcy additional points. I think it might help to offset the fact that Darcy's scoring hasn't been as good since uh, Viv Saad came back into the side. You'd be kind of hoping that some of those points get distributed between the pair of them. Daisy Darcy goes up to that 65, 70. <sighs> Wish she was doing earlier in the season. So, otherwise, I don't know if there's actually too many fascinating storylines from this game. It's just going to be, yet again, dominated by the ruck discussion of kind of, do you jump at Shadows or do you jump at Liz Levicki and trade out Matilda Schultz in the hope that you can get up to a premium who's going to be elite in your side for the rest of the year? All righty. Along to the next one, we've got Nam up against North Melbourne at Icon Park. I don't know if it's the game of the round, but it's going to be bloody close up against that Brisbane-Adelaide game earlier in the day. North Melbourne 
in, nil, out, nil, nam, out. Very unfortunately, after debuting for the first time for the club, rewatch. Megan Fitzsimon omitted, Charlotte Wilson omitted, Sarah Lampard injured. In, Loz Pierce in the ruck, Paxi Paxman on the ball, Gab Colvin, and then also Maddie Gay. So, I think the fact that uh, Paxi Paxman is now back, coming into a game where I'd expect her to be spending a fair bit of time around the ball, I think if you're looking for an upgrade option at D, at F5, I think Paxi Paxman's going to be you forced. She's been forced to become a unique player, and I think that makes her then a great trading as a point of difference, as a bit of a unique option who we know can score seventies and eighties pretty consistently when given the role. And we saw this a lot last year. It was in the games down the stretch where Melbourne were really looking to try and win force home their advantage and finish on top of the ladder. The Paxi Paxman saw a lot of the a lot more of the ball come to her. So I think that's a, a pretty handy thing. Now, in terms of Maddie Gay, that was a, she was a very popular player to start the season, kind of amongst people who kind of, you know, pretty confident in what they were doing. She's now at 641k. She didn't play last week. But she did score a 61. This is a great matchup for defenders. I think that if it wasn't for the fact that Daisy Darcy is effectively the same price, Maddie Gay would be a great trade-in. And to be honest, given her run for the next three weeks and the fact that they do need to to win to be able to, to finish top of the table and hope that uh, Adelaide drop a game, I think you could do it. I think you could trade in Maddie Gay and just hope to ride that variance particularly if you've already got Daisy Darcy and you're looking for someone in that 650k range. I really can't begrudge anyone that's going to make that move. For the Kangaroos, storylines this week are they're bloody good at football. You know, Ruby Tripodi's held her spot. I think the big question is, you know, when does the when does the experiment kind of run out? When does this elite scoring from all of the midfielders at North Melbourne finally end? Is this week the week? Because I, I was, uh, you know, there was some reason to be concerned that Jenna Bruton couldn't keep up her scoring. As it turns out, she's a 110-plus player over the last three weeks, and, you know, we're all eating a little bit of crow. So as for trade-ins, I think the big thing for, for that midfield group uh, at the Kangaroos, big advantage for them this week, there's no one really at Melbourne that you need to stop and really put in a lot of defensive effort and work into to take someone away from a scoring role. Kind of as we saw, the last time we really saw it was against Geelong, where we did see some attention go to Georgie Presparkas from Ash Riddell. I think that is probably the main thing. If you've got the money to trade into Ash Riddell this week and you haven't got any screaming issues, I still think it's a great option. You know, she's about 75% owned in the top 100 and, and also well-owned in the top 1,000 as well. So, yeah, look, I, I really think that that, uh, that is going to be a great play. Let me just uh, double-check my stats here. 51% top 1K and then 74% in the top 100, and it'll forever kill me that uh, I traded her out. That was, uh, yeah, look, we'll try not to dwell on that one too much. I want to be able to sleep comfortably this evening. Moving along to Sundays and the extended 
benches. We've got Collingwood up against Geelong in the first game at 1 o'clock at Vic Park. We've got out Ash Brazzle and Alana Porter in, very importantly, Stacey Livingston and Ruby Slasher come straight back into that defence. And then also named on an extended bench, you've got Imogen Evans, Tani Brown and Charlotte Blair. For Geelong, there are no outs. We've got Mel Bragg on the bench, Renee Gehring on the bench and Brooke Plummer also on an extended bench. So, a couple of things, that, big things to take away from Collingwood. One, Ruby is back. And that's not great for this year because she's a midfielder, she's very expensive, and I don't know if she's going to be able to justify her price. But for anyone that's enjoyed playing this year and is going to keen to play next year, Ruby Slyvesher should play enough midfield at defender minutes this year to get her natural defensive status, meaning that we are going to be able to have Ruby Slyvesher back in our defences next year. We've talked about it all season, that the defenders that have been bloody hard to pick they're not going to be hard when Ruby is playing. Secondly, we know that Geordie Allen scores a whole lot better when Ruby's in the side uh, because those two appear to, to search out for each other when transitioning the ball. So, interestingly, for the first time, I think all season, Geordie Allen has been named on the wing, which is where a role that she played really well last year and allowed her to score pretty well. So, I think that given her price point, she's absurdly cheap, coming off her best score of the year. Nonetheless, Geordie Allen at 575k. I know a lot of people are considering the uh, the Hannah Priest trade-out going down to a Daisy Darcy or someone else at a, at a decent price. I really think that uh, if you're desperate for money and you're looking to upgrade both a ruck and a midfielder, all the way down to Lauren Butler, you might be able to bag yourself at least an underpriced premium coming into you know, a role where we know that you can score 60s and 70s. And yeah, okay, the Collingwood run isn't spectacular, but it's not going up against the hardest matchups per se. I think that you can probably bank a few 60s in a row and insulate yourself from the Hannah Priest floor score and her horrendous role. I think the other big questions coming out of this Collingwood lineup are we probably didn't This space was downloaded via spacesdown.com. Visit to download your spaces today. Talk about it a whole lot on the pod, but it's the fact that Bree Davy spent the whole game running off the forward line, running off the half forward line and not attending a single center bounce. Which means that we've got to ask ourselves, is that gonna be a problem? when she comes up against a better side than Carlton, who really struggled to transition the ball in any direction for most of the game. Interestingly as well, she's been named at full forward. I think those are a bit of shenanigans, given she's standing next to Sarah Rowe. And Sarah Rowe is many things this year, but she is not a forward pocket. I think that Bree Davy and Britt Benici are two fascinating underpriced premium options. They're at a similar price to both of the both of the Geelong players, both of our Amy McDonald and Georgie Presparkas, I think you could do a whole lot worse than uh, than downgrading. Particularly, I'm just fascinated by the idea of the fact that Britt Benici is back to her tackling and outside running best. She really did look incredible on the weekend past the eye test massively. For Geelong, you know, effectively an unchanged side. 
I would really like to see a bit more time in the midfield for Nina Morrison. She spent a lot of time running off half-forward last week. Did cap her scoring just a little bit. I think we haven't seen nearly as good kind of a roles for all of the Geelong midfielders since Beck Webster came back. So I don't know if I'd be trading into any of them this week. I think the fact that you know Amy McDonald has been very consistent and given her price at below 1.1 million, you could probably make a, a bunch of cash if you're trading down from Elise Parker this week. I don't think that's a bad option if you are looking for that consistency. And we know that she's got that high side scoring. I think that's totally fine to uh, to pick this week. All right, moving along, we've got St Kilda against Wallyalup. Out four. Uh, while you're up, we've got Joanne Craig, Ev Antonio, in Serena Gibbs, Michaela Tuhakarena, Sarah Rielstra, and Roxy Rue. Now, Rue and Wielstra and Tuhakarena have all been named on the pine. Serene Gibbs has been named at the Serena Gibbs, sorry, has been named on the half forward line. Now, Serena Gibbs, she is a 300k forward. I don't, I actually really can't remember much about her, to be perfectly honest. But I've left one name off on the ears. She's not been named on an extended pine. She's been named in the middle, and that's Kiara Bowers. We're going to have to talk about that later. Might even have a bit more of a chat about it when Mel gets the time to jump back on. But, look, I was saying the other day, my fantasy season's been easier when I haven't had to think about trying to trade uh, Kiara Bowers in. It's... uh, yeah, it's if I was to, if I was joking earlier that I was going to struggle to be able to sleep at night thinking about some missed trades. Kiara Bowers is just the destroyer of dreams. So, so as for St Kilda, we've got Nat Exxon managed, which is an interesting one, given she'd actually been in a fairly decent run of form and had been someone that people have been looking to trade in off the back of some decent scores off the half forward line. Uh, we've also got. In, named on an extended bench, Deanna Jolliffe, Caitlin Matthews, and Maddie Boyd. For all, you know, kind of priest owners, servers at the altar of the halfback. Unfortunately, Hannah Priest has not been named in the midfield. It's a combination of Lambert, Vesely, and Tiana Smith, and we've got Hannah Smith, Hannah Smith off halfback. So, the question is, what do you do? You've got Hannah Priest. She's up against the one of the easiest defender roles of any kind of of any team. Uh, but we also would have said the same thing last week and she absolutely stunk it up and didn't touch the football. For any normal team, I would say, yeah, cool. You know, there'll be some recognition that maybe that role didn't suit, didn't stick. And, you know, we'll probably look to get Hannah the ball a little bit more so that she's not, you know, being left out in transition, you know, we've, we've definitely looked better this year when, when she's been given the, uh, uh, she's been given the ability to move the ball around. Unfortunately, I don't trust the coach because it's Nick Del Santo. So, what do you do? Yes, we're up. We're up to <laughs> Kilda. Welcome back. To oh, us. thank you. Apologies for everyone who's just had to listen to me uh, ramble the entire time. I've come back just in time for the St Kilda issue, which is probably timely because I was. I don't know what you've spoken about, but I'm just going to talk about Priest for a second. 
I was. I was just. I was just saying, like, oh well, normally I'd, I'd trust the coach to make the call to change the roll up a little bit to get your captain more the ball, but I don't trust the coach. No, I know you don't. Um, so when Priest got thirty, she was named on the team sheet as fullback, and then she played halfback. Now she's listed as halfback, which she hasn't been all season, I don't think, but back end of last season she was. And she's still got 70s. Um, that's the extent of my insight. Um, oh, no, round one <laughs> she was uh, halfback as well. So I'm thinking that halfback's not going to be too, too atrocious. Like we're going to get defender-level scores, but we're not going to get hovering in the middle of space-level scores and we're not going to get midfielder scores. So I think it doesn't make her an essential trade, but for the money? I just, yeah, that's my thing. It's like she is so fattened. Yeah, like if she gets a 70 given, and you held her, you'd be like, 70 good for a defender. All right. Cool, that's great. And then you might get 70 from Carney and whatnot as well, and you'd be like, cool, happy with that score-wise. But for that money, I think it's now a... Trade if you can because if you have Blackburn and Parker and Morford and, you know, other disasters, then that needs to be the priority. But if you have a trade left to get Priest out, I think that's a good call. She's got to go. Well, I think it's more that you prioritise it for cash gen. She's got, let's say, 100 to 150K of fat on top of her to, to move across to another line where you might actually get more points per dollar. Because I think that's the big problem with defence. It's a pretty low points per dollar line yeah. this year. Uh, or at least, like, let's let's say there's a coefficient of, consi- coefficient of consistency, uh, which is lacking. And you might get more of that in your, uh, in your midfield, particularly, or in your rucks too. Um, yeah, so that, I'd... I'd I had just run through who had been uh, named and in and out for both teams, and I we just begun the Hannah Priest discussion, but we probably do need to chat to. I was going to say I was about to be like, oh, did I miss hours? Um, well, I've got my thoughts. What are you thinking? Uh, I was saying that um, fantasy was better when I didn't have to think about whether or not I needed her in my side. And this is now the third season that she's done this. Every single season of AFLW Fantasy I've played. I'm going to say something that I think might be unpopular for you or that you won't like more so. Um, when the question about do you break your side for Bowers came up last time, I am a Bowers, I'm a sucker for Bowers. My team is named after Bowers. She's the elite midfielder in my side, as in, in Frio. So do I... Break my team for my namesake? Yes. Do I regret it? Yeah. I only did it because yes. I love Bowers as a player. If I know, I mean, on that episode, like Will and I were did our pro don't bother with Bowers monologue, and then I did it anyway because I was like, oh, but she's my favourite. I love watching her play. Um, I would. <laughs> if anyone is suggesting breaking their side for Bowers again. Um, I'd, I'd say you're a bit Don't. mad and I would highly recommend not doing that. Um, is that where you're sitting? Yes, I am very much sitting in the same position with just the faintest whisper of, oh, but it would be such a good pod to get up high if she went big. She's so much money. It's just, 
I know she's so much. She's ridiculous amounts of money, and, and that's the main thing. If you want a pod, keep Priest. It. Like, geez, everyone's going to trade her out. <laughs> and I feel like. Well, I, well I, I don't have Priest, oh. thankfully. But, yes, there's a there's a world where I could, you know, instead of trading in Riddell, who's at 74% owned in the top 100, just um, go be a little bit cheaper. And go to you know trade. what you should do? You should be cheaper next week. You should actually. So, Washington. Priest is 65% owned in the top 100 free trades. Those people in the top 100 would have ridden the Priest wave to get them there because of her great scores up until last week. She's lost so much money and she's if she plays half back, she'll get a 70. You could bring her in for that and use that as your pod. If you're thinking like, I want to bring in a specky, expensive player to get myself top handy, yes. I would do uh, that over Bowers. I could not in good conscience. Oh, you don't like Pod hopes in St Kilda because they are not a good football side and I don't trust them. In the same way that I made the mistake of trying to do the same thing, I, I basically once, I, I put my faith in them twice in Fremantle this year and I was burnt and as soon as Megan Kaufman sat at, half, at full forward for an entire quarter against Richmond, I was like, no, nah, this side has no idea what they're doing. Like they're just floundering. Mm. So I just was like, you know what? It's it's not happening. They're, they're just not coming. They're just not coming in. I'm not going to put any faith in them. I have the same feeling about St Kilda. Like maybe a better question Jonathan is like, has some of these great games. What team side? What teams coaches don't you hate? Like oh, most of them. <laughs> okay. Like it's like one of those things where I don't hate sides that are bad. Like I don't hate their coaches per se. Like. I think they make the occasional bad decision. It's probably not been a great week for teams in West Coast or over in WA. Mm-hmm. You know, we've already had some questions about what's going on at Fremantle and then Michael Pryor decides to stick his foot in it. Yeah. <laughs> um, oh, and then it's St Kilda and the Western Bulldogs. But, you know. And GWS. We've seen some. I have some, yeah, I have some queries about GWS. But, like, I watched Port Adelaide the other day and I don't think they're a problem. Hmm. I don't have, you know, nearly as many questions about how Carlton does things, even though they're, you know, not a particularly, they're not expected to particularly well. What did we decide on Cordner as the ruck issue? Well, she has actually played as the ruck before, Hmm. was my my little tidbit. She did it for a few rounds at Melbourne in 2020. Dude. But yeah, in terms of in terms of this game, I I think the big thing it might impact is Sarah Vett. Well, a couple of things it might impact are both Veria and Stannett, and also to some degree Lally, uh, who did have some midfield time on the weekend. I just don't know. I, I really don't know who's going to rock up at the CBA, and it's like the world's most frustrating game of like um, jackpot numbers, mm. like. It's ridiculous. Who's going to rock up in the midfield? Is it going to be Dana East for three in a row and then no more? Yeah. You know, maybe we get Laura Pugh. Who knows? <laughs> that, would be, that would be interesting. I don't think so somehow. It's, uh, it's, yeah. I, I just – I think the main thing to take away is, like, if I had Priest, I would be trading around this week. Mm. I, I just – You've got to be able to bank that cash and see that the writing's on the wall. Her break-in is extremely high. It's not worthwhile. And then otherwise, you know, 
I think if you're an owner of Jesse Wardlaw, you, you're pretty happy about the fact that we haven't seen, um, what's her name, um, the other ruck. Erin McKinnon has not mm. come back into the side, so it's just Sim Nolder and Jesse Wardlaw. Tiana Smith will probably still get a great role this week. She'll probably spend some time trying to tag Kiara Bowers. Not tag, sorry, tackle. Mm. I just, I don't get it. I just don't get the whole Fremantle situation. Yeah. Like, I've got, actually, I don't know how highly owned Flynn is, but Flynn was someone who, oh, 2% top 100, so not a lot. Um, but she really benefited off um, Bowers being out. And if I had another trade, if I had a fourth trade this week, I would be capitalising on the fact that she's made, like, 200 grand. But unfortunately, I would then be three grand short of the trades I want to do. So I need her to just have made a tiny bit more. very unfortunate. Yeah. Um, It's very unfortunate. But she's made some good money. And I think with Bowers being back, she's at risk of losing a lot of it. The good role. Yeah. Agreed. Well, we'll... uh, we'll I'm sure there'll be some questions in there, and I've seen some questions about uh, Fremantle players. So there'll be a couple of chances to talk about them in a minute. But along to the final game, we've got Essendon at well, we've got Essendon versus mm-hmm. West Coast at Windy Hill at five o'clock on Sunday afternoon. I am out for the Bombers. Very unfortunately, Adaria Bannister. Mm. Yeah. No, no, you go. And then in, we've got Ash Van Looney Tunes, Joanne Doonan, <laughs> Jess Wushner, and Leah Cutting. And then out for West Coast is Nil. And then in are Michaela Weston, Abigail Bushby, and Mackenzie Webb. Now, off the top of my eye, yes, they're all on an extended bench now. For the Bombers, of those names I mentioned, I believe they're also all named on the pine. Did you have something you wanted to say? I did, and that is that it is too good time. I am excited because I think she's great. You're bringing in Bonnie? I am, and... I reckon she's going to absolutely destroy uh, West Coast. So I'm betting on the fact that West Coast suck and Bob is going to get a lot of goals and a lot of them are going to come from her. And she's been someone in that forward line that, like, I thought my forwards were pretty pretty well set a few weeks ago and I was kind of right. Um, And I brought in (laughs) Zarika just to mess with myself. But um, I'm thinking that... Hall, and I missed the Melbourne chat, but I'm thinking that Hall might not get all of the goals against uh, one, two, who are they playing? North Melbourne? They're playing North Melbourne. And yeah, we didn't actually discuss, Kate. Oh, oh really? I didn't discuss. I said, I said we. Yeah. Well, it's just me. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Fair. Um, I reckon with Hall and Zanka both named in that forward line, in that full forward kind of spot. No Taylor Harris, though. That was actually the big thing that I forgot to mention. No Taylor Harris back. Yeah. I, my main concerns for taking away points and therefore goals, well, other way around, from Hoare is um, Zanka and Bannon. And I think that Hoare is one of those players that's very expensive and very good. But I think that this is the week I trade her out because to me she's got a couple of question marks, playing yeah. very good side um, in North Melbourne. And two other people that could be taking the share of those points where you go to Bombers and they're going to smash West Coast, goals-wise. You'd hope. You'd there's hope. no world in which they don't. Yeah. You say that. You've not supported the Bombers for long enough. 
Well, I mean, it's second season. Like, second season, they've been doing very well. Oh, don't worry. No, no, no. The, the, there are certain key threads that exist between the men's and the women's side. There is an aura that emanates from the <laughs> suburb that is just incapable of absolutely dominating and, you know, beating sides when we should. If you that is, that is the lose to West Coast, I will laugh. Yeah, I will be crying. <laughs> you know, they're basically the same thing. That you know, sometimes you laugh and have tears. Yeah. Um, so here's my here's my thing though with with the bombers. It was a discussion I was having with Bales last night. We've seen so far this season that West Coast don't allow kind of mega scores. In part because it's just very easy for everyone to score. You don't necessarily have to spend as much time kind of forcing it down your best, down to your best players. And I think, I reckon we might see Bonnie Too Good have a whole bunch of inside fifties this week. We may not see as many goals. We may actually see, you know, Bonnie just being allowed to roam free up the ground. And maybe it's you know a big game for Sophie Alexander and Renee Tierney and Paige Scott who spend more time closer to goal. That's my hmm. that's my counter to that because as my, like I still think she's a great trade in. I still think she'll score well. She scored well in every game this year, and I'm sure she'll tackle a bunch. I just don't now. I need to dust double check this, but off the top of my head, West Coast haven't you know? Yeah. Allowed mega scores. They've just allowed scores to everyone. Um. Yeah, I wonder. So Scott's not got a rising star nomination yet, has she? No, and it's a bloody outrage you didn't get it this week. Can I yeah. Say? So she she's going to be keen. Um, yeah, <laughs> that's one way to put it. I, I, you have what you have watched Paige Scott play. Yeah, I know she's going to be furious. She's 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 going to give away six negative threes uh, from just fuming. Um, but I yes. wonder if, therefore, like she's going to be aiming or angling for some goals rather to make a big impression to get that rising star nomination. Um, but having said all of that, I still think. I still think, oh, gosh, I'll turn that off. I still think Too Good is going to beat Whore for score this week. And- yes, I think I think she will. I'm just, like, proposing that, you know, maybe tempering some expectations about everyone absolutely wrecking shop because I think the big thing, you know, outside of that game against West Coast, so there was that run of West Coast and Carlton in rounds two and round three where everyone scored. Moody had her best score of the year. Robottom had her best score of the year. You know, they were just huge mega scores. But against um, GWS, high score of 103, you know, it's some good scores for Barb, Goldworthy, Zerika, Parker had a low one. You know, up against Port, 100 from uh, Dowrick, and then an 81 from Horton, then a bunch of 60s and 50s. They actually outscored Port Adelaide. I just think that, you know, the the super mega scoring that we saw in rounds two and round three, we haven't really seen it go on nearly as much for quite a while. Just maybe temper the expectations that every single player at Essendon is going to score well this week. Oh, yeah. I don't think everyone will. I just think too good will. <laughs> I also think, I, I like, push comes to jump, I also think too good will score well this week. And I sure hope she does because that will mean most likely the bombs are winning. But... 
that was just my reason to maybe temper some expectations. But also, like, Jack Depay had her second best score of the year, or best score of the year mm. against West Coast in that ridiculous yeah. match. As did Free Moody with 112. So, yeah, look, I think it would be a great trade-in. I'd love to be able to have the cash to do it. It's just not high enough on my list of priorities with uh, Elise Parker also out of my side. Yes. And I actually quite like most of my forwards. So... That's now made our way through all the teams. Let's just have a check at what questions we've got uh, bouncing around at the moment. So, all right, let's go to the first one we've got here. We've got which upgrade do you like most this week? Heads to Emerson, Bruton to Riddell, Schultz to Moody, or G Prez to Riddell. So Bruton or Presparkus to Riddell as the midfield one, or Schultz to Moody. Just to clarify, where are you reading these from? These are the initial from post? the posted the the initial post from earlier today. Yep. Cool. And whose question was this? This was uh, Golden Showers. Uh-uh. Nice. Um, okay. Ooh. Ooh. Whilst you ponder, I think the the one that I like the most as a point of difference is Schultz up to Moody. Just because we know that you're picking someone who is just pretty much a lock to be at the top of their line or near to it. Riddell does have a type of matchup this week. Where's Moody? I had it in my notes, I think. Where's Moody named? Half forward. Yeah. But I I think I was also talking about it earlier. Irrespective of where they're named, it might just be, or it's most likely then that we'll see some kind of a ruck chop out from Cordner, given she's done it before. But you probably see more of the role going to Moody. I would. uh, I reckon that with Morfitt out, everyone that doesn't have so there's people there's the Schultz camp and then there's the Morfitt camp. Everyone with Morfitt is going to be figuring out what to do, and without and uh, Edmonds in, it's kind of Strom and Moody as the two without Jess Good either. So I reckon that yeah. he by doing this move, you'll be jumping on a bandwagon that the 42 or 21 or whatever people in the top hundred that have. Morford have to do. So I would actually hold off that. And also with Moody, I know she can play everywhere, but that kind of puts a little bit of a question mark on it for me this week just because you've got um, – she can play ruck, she can play forward, she can play in between the two. But I wouldn't if, – if you're doing a Schultz – trade for your ruck, I probably just wouldn't do it this week and just see what happens with the people from Morfitt because if Moody flops, then everyone that's got Morfitt that's in top 100 is gone down. Where if you've got Schultz, then you can wait a week and see what you want to do with it. I would probably be doing something like a Riddell or an Emerson trade instead. And if it was one of those two, I would be doing G-Prez mm. to Riddell. Interesting. Yeah, I am very much of the idea that People will be looking to opportunistically grab cash uh, and going down to Strom or also going across the Moody. I've just got to look at the prices because Schultz to Moody is an upgrade. 
Morphit to Moody Sorry. is a one-to-one essentially and Morphit to Strom yeah. is a little yeah. bit of cash. Yeah. Well, I'm just thinking like Morphit wasn't I, like it, it's like maybe let's say it's going to be 20% of the top 100 or people in the currently in top 100 are going to have Moody. Yeah. I still think that's enough of a pod to jump on given we know she's basically a lock to be top three in her position. I think if you really want a, a super pod, could go huge this week, given there is no one to ruck. And she had an amazing game against them last year and one running rising star, and that's killer. Yeah, I was going to say. I was considering her for a second there, and I was I'd scrolled right down on the prices, and I was like, where is she? I was getting annoyed at myself, and I scrolled all the way up, and I was like, oh, okay. Yeah, she's really expensive because she had <laughs> Just priced myself out of that one. But I think that if you really want the uh, – unique one there and you wanted to be able to maybe do a better upgrade on another trade, I think that would be a fascinating option. Given she's probably the one premium we discussed last week that doesn't have any question marks, like the Bombers don't have such a terrible experience against Adelaide when they picked Leah Cutting where we got Mm. absolutely housed and then we had an injury that meant that we were stuck playing people out of position because we had an extra ruck. I don't know if they're picking another one. Just... One more comment very quickly on Moody. She's only gone above her break-even of, like, 90 twice this season. If yes. you don't need I... to do a trade this week because you don't have Morfitt, unless she gets a huge score um, and, like, her third or second highest for the season, she will probably lose a little bit of money or stay the same. If you don't have to do that trade this week, I probably wouldn't because it's a lot of money. And if she loses a bit, kind of like you were speaking about the other week with the them realigning. I just, yeah, I just think it's like one of those things where Schultz, it's not surprising that she might start to slow down. She is a rookie. It's her first season. She's clearly killed, still carrying an injury with that glove on her hand that she's had now all season. Mm. You know, typically the rhythm of this is you want to get rid of rookies sooner rather than later. Mm. And, you know, I... I think we're at the point of the year where you 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 probably going to want to make a trade. Schultz has a bad matchup, and Moody is going up against. And I talked about this earlier: the weirdest ruck lineup of all time because GW has yeah. four rucks this week. Who's the? Um, Karis Davies, the Gurmek. one with oh, Gurmek's a ruck as well, and the one with the Mc in the name. Gurmek's a ruck as well, and then also Cambridge McCormick. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. So goodbye, Karis's forty-one grand that she made me last week. I saw that with her. Yeah, it almost would have been, almost would have been better if she was dropped. Yeah. Oh well. Um. Yeah, I definitely needed another ruck as well, given I've already got Hetherington. So <laughs> yeah, look, I think we we're either I I'm pro Moody Schultz trade, and then otherwise I think G Prez up to Adele. Cool. Um, all right, on to the next discussion. All right, so from Demetrios Garris, Mon Conti or Claudia Whitford or any midfielder under Conti's price for Dowrick, two-week experiment didn't work. <laughs> so uh, I, I, rate the, I rate the experiment a lot. I think that Abby Dowrick is a great footballer and I, I, if I'm going to pick someone who's going to have that breakout, superstar kind of midfield only score 
I would have said that she'd be in the top three to do it. Unfortunately, she plays on a side that cannot win any points. So, what are your thoughts on midfielders cheaper than Moncon? Let me have a look. Hmm. Hmm. I was talking earlier about the fact that I really liked what I saw from Britain. Yeah, you were. She did look back in form. Like, she looked back to what I was forced to watch not owning her in Season 6. And I'm pretty sure Will owned her too. He still has her. In that season. No, no, no. Oh. No, no, no. In Season 6. Mm. Um, would you pick her over Davy? Yes. Why? Because no one puts any attention into Britt Benici. True, because Davy gets the Davy's the flashy one that gets tagged. Davy, yeah, and she's just coming off a good game against a side that actually didn't have anyone to tag her, and she was playing off half forward. Yep, and just kind of running into the stoppage. Like it was a great score, great game, weird game though. She had fifteen tackles for pretty much the same price. She might the scores are quite similar, but Davy might have a slightly higher. Av- like, well, she does have a slightly higher average, but like, um, slightly lower variance, maybe. Um, it was an inflated game. Davy gets a lot more of her points from tackles. They're playing Geelong, who mm, could be good for that. Yeah, I reckon either of those two. I'm, I'm not going to go strong in the Benici camp over the Davy camp, but I think both of those are really good contenders. I'd pick that over a Whitford, who I do really still like Whitford, but when you've got two great tackling um, Collingwood midfielders with kind of something to prove going up against Geelong, I would be taking that over Whitford. For the next. Mm. Yeah, and a good run. And also not Moncon because... Oh, it's below Moncon. Uh, is, is this a trade-out for Moncon, wasn't it? It's at, it's at Moncon or... All oh, right. Yeah. Price. Um... I would stay away oh, from Jeepers Parkers. I haven't spoken to Bailey since he went so hard on his confidence in her last week, which I just didn't, didn't see. She... Well, in fairness, there were a lot of points in that game and she had the highest market share. Market share kind of means shit. Like, No, no, that's I disagree with that. I know you do. That's very helpful. But it's helpful to kind of sort out the wheat from the chaff when it comes to you know, what's a good score versus a crap team versus an actual good score where you're the, the team's best player. Yeah, yeah. I think I have opinions on market share as a reason to pick a player or not. I don't think it's a very strong argument when we are talking absolutes at the end of the day. Um, but who would you pick over Jeepers Bikers or Amy McDonald? And I know you're probably biased because you have Amy McDonald. Yeah, I, I tend towards McDonald. Even though Presbarkus has had the highest score each of the last two weeks, if only because I, I'm just of the opinion that push comes to shove, someone will go to G Presbarkus at, at contests and yeah. stoppages. And we even saw that a little bit last week. And I, I reckon there was at least two tackles that were not given to McDonald, and there was also a bunch, you know, at, at least two or three poor kicks that resulted in you know not her not being able to get marks. It was an unfortunate situation, 
but I, I'm more on the lack of defensive pressure that we put on McDonald versus Chiefress Parkas, who has shown herself to be a game wrecker unless you put a game plan together to stop her. Yeah. I actually also like, we spoke about Tilly Lucas last week, but Batesy has lost a lot of money. She lost the second highest amount of money only compared to the other player in my team. <laughs> So, oh, who's that? Uh, priest. Um, is that had a priest? Oh, I couldn't remember. Yeah. So, look, I reckon Batesy, like, mm, she's lost a lot of money. She could be a good jump, but she is the tag target. But she's she's much like Priest, quite underpriced, and that was almost a game specific thing rather than Bates yes. as a whole. Yeah, it, but I also think Bates will see attention for the rest of the season. I think you could trade into Tilly Lucas Rod. That's another option if you wanted to to think that uh, you don't want Collingwood for their run because you think they might cannibalise. I mean, maybe you want to go for TLR, mm. who has had some good games. Uh, I'm just trying to look at what she what she did. 90. But now that she's back in the midfield more frequently, she had that 115 against St Kilda. So I think those are your options there, uh, Demetrios. Moving along to next question. We've got Corey here. Uh, who do I trade this week, Priest or Dowrick, as I now have to trade Morford, most likely to Strom and Bannister as well, to someone like Col- Conway or Randall? So, who do you trade out, Priest or Dowrick? Priest. Yeah, I agree. Why would you trade out Dowrick? Because she's... It's that kind of the same argument we were having earlier, which is... You trade out underperforming midfielders because the player you could trade to could go 130 for three weeks in a row. We're never going to see that from a defender. Not this year. Mm. Yeah. I think like Derek is a luxury trade. If you have to keep her as your M5, not, it's not too bad. You can do worse. Yeah. Yeah. I think we'll see. I think, you know, the, the fact that Derek is going to go up against someone who she plays somewhat similar to in that kind of bullocking style in row bottom. I reckon we'll see a few, a few tackles between the pair of them on each other. Mm. I think that means she she's just had that really good floor this year because she's clearly the best midfielder at uh, Port Adelaide. It's just their problem is they don't have any good transition ball usage, which means no one can score well. Mm. Yeah, she's... Even your mate, Ange Foley. Oh, Angela had a great, I reckon, 10 minutes on the weekend. She was just all over it. Yep. Um, yeah, she was, and she only scored a 50. Yeah, well, that's because she was only all over it for about 10 minutes. <laughs> yeah, Bales, Bales, there was a question with Bales the other day about whether or not she's a one-week play, and I was like, do not trade in a play. No, I wouldn't, I wouldn't do that. Just setting yourself up for pain. Mm. Yeah, so I think it's definitely priest out this week. Yep. Moving on to the next question. We've got uh, Mark here. Thoughts on these trades? Has no cash on bench. Well, that's rough. <laughs> Carney to Stannett, Grider to Darcy, Dowrick to Whitford. I think that. Uh, you go. They feel all very sideways yeah. to me. I would not be trading Carney, who is consistent. And I know you think there's players that are more consistent, I think, but I think Carney's quite consistent. To Stannett, who is an inconsistent role in an inconsistent team. Grider, fine. To Darcy, cool, nice and cheap. 
that that trade I'm okay with. But where's that, your that where's your one up, one down kind of thing? You're just that that in isolation. I like it with the other one, I, not so much. And then Dowrick to Whitford. Mm, mm, I would just keep Dowrick. Yeah. Like I would just keep Dowrick, or you know, if you really think that Dowrick's going to suck, maybe yeah. like. Yeah, it's seven k up to Lucas Rod, or it's a nine eleven k down to Izzy Pritchard. Like, mm. you know, if you really want to go sideways, I don't know if Whitford. I don't know if I like it as much. I, I think you you maybe try and look for some cash to either go up to a proper what I would call a proper premium, which is basically I think anyone above Conti. Unfortunately, that also doesn't include Elise Parker. And it also has Alec Blackburn in it. But I think if you're going up from Dowrick, you really want to get to that proper premium range. Otherwise, yeah, I think you, you might need to think, particularly in your forward line, maybe looking at doing a Randall, um, a Newton. Or maybe if you're looking at your defence, going all the way down to a Geordie Allen and picking up that 250k plus, giving she's 500 Are you recommending Geordie Allen now? Well, she's so cheap and they've named Ruby back. Mm. And they've named her on the wing. I just, you know, we know that she's a 60s player. Even last year with shorter quarters, when she's allowed to play a better role, she got a little bit more of that on the weekend. And Brazel is out. And also, um, Selena Carlson has been injured, even though she was suspended for a week. I think that, yeah, Alan can at least score a 60, and she's priced below that, well below that. Yeah, the mid the midfield role would be very good there. If Did you say she's named on the wing? She's named on the wing, and we've seen that she's done that before. Yeah, she's priced at 53. I think she's a, you know, and she's got a break even of 34. If you're really searching yeah. for reasons. I don't know. I, maybe go more extreme, a one down, one up. If you're really desperate for cash gen, look at Randall and Allen, mm. where one's 660 have, and the other one's 570. Have you called on Darcy? Actually really. No, I still, I'm still good on Darcy. I just Yeah, she just doesn't meet that price range. For, up and down combo. Yeah, she's just a little bit more expensive yep. than that. You just, you know, you're banking an extra 80K. Mm. 65, 70k. Like I think that's the that's my reason for it. Um, so, in terms of any other, well, that answers one other question that we'd had uh, in the chat, which was uh, thoughts on Jordy Allen. <laughs> yeah. Uh, just about answered that one, and then let's just uh, double check that I've got because uh, there's some in the other chat as well. Yes, there are a fair few questions <laughs> now. Thoughts on. Priest to Darcy to give me 200k to upgrade heads to Emerson next week. Alternatively, 200k next week also allows me to possibly upgrade Anderson or Benici to Turbo. I just don't like the idea of banking 200k at this time of the year. Because if we think about the fact that like every dollar has a corresponding point value, you're leaving a decent number of points off your field. Hmm. Like I get it, you know, I get the idea of holding on to cash on the kind of banking a little bit in a world where price movements are pretty slow and you know, you could probably predict a lot more easily what trades you're going to be able to do next week 
based on what everyone's priced yeah. at. I've just that's actually really to do it this year. That's a really good point. Like I remember last season, the season before, I would regularly leave the equivalent of two hundred grand, just in case something went terribly wrong. But the prices didn't grow as fast, and I only did that once this season, which was after like round one. Like maybe it was setting up my side, which thank God I did. Um, but yeah, I wouldn't be I wouldn't be doing it for turbo like. If you look at your trades, you know, I wouldn't be doing it anyway, but I specifically wouldn't be doing it with the intention to bring in Turbo. I'm okay with the idea of putting her as a watch and wait to see how she goes this week to maybe bring her in next week. And because her break-even, I'm sure, is sky high, if she can get like 130-ish or something and still lose money, then maybe she's someone you bring in next week. But, yeah, I wouldn't be setting aside money for, for that. Yeah, I agree. It's, uh, it's unfortunate, but uh, yeah, it's, yeah. it's not. Uh, and I also like heads to Emerson anyway. I think that's a good trade. Yeah. I think heads to Emerson is a good trade. Uh, I think I, I'm a big fan of uh, of Chantel Emerson this year and uh, might have been a slightly better option to suggest mm. that we'll take Emerson over. Uh, I'm not going to live this down, am I? But also, can, no, 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 no. I think you need to get back on the front foot with Will. He's the one who clicked the buttons. It's his team. <laughs> he prides himself on being a pod thinker. He does. And he's always bringing in the different kind of player. Just because he's easily influenced <laughs> by the suggestion of a pod, hey, he's the one who pressed the buttons. It's his side. When he gets a good rank at the end of the year. True. I'm and not going to be getting any of that credit. <laughs> no, exactly. Of course not. Uh, well, it's because you told him to trade in good jar. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. You, you push it back on him. You, you're allowing him to just say, oh, that was Mel's trade. I'm like, well, yes, but no, you clicked the buttons. Mm. And I would, I would really hope that uh, people, you know, I, I, have to, I give advice out all the time. You know, I'd like to think it's well informed, but I don't know everything. And at the end of the day, oh, really, I'm not the one actually making the trade. Uh, that's okay. My role in this, uh, this trio is to just make the bad trades and have the bad rank. So I'm very used to it. Um, Oh, is there any more? I think that might be questions. I think yeah. that might be the it for the uh, for the questions. I think we've answered all the rest. Of them. I've um, so we've had this chat. Have you changed? I have <laughs> multiple times. Of I don't course. know if you've been able to hear my little clicking in the background. Yes, I can. I've kept two of them the same. Essentially, before we started this call, I had Blackburn out, Robottom in. Very excited. Welcome to the team, new captain. Um. And then whore to too good because I think for a bit extra money, too good's going to get a lot more, um, which feels risky. But you know what? Got to do something. And then I was going to trade out heads, but then when I saw Priest uh, named on halfback, I was like, mm, now it's not a essential must trade, but that's a lot of money. And some of the points you were making about heads, yeah, yeah, okay. Um, she could be. She could be all right. She could be okay. And for an extra hundred and sixteen grand or something, I kind of need that because I'm doing an upgrade to Robot. I'm an upgrade to Too Good. I'm spending an extra like five hundred grand. I don't have. So, um, does that math work? No, less than that. But um, I needed to make some money somewhere, and Priest has more money. <laughs> so I was going to do Priest. I was going to do Heads to Simmons because. Or someone from Port Adelaide that's taking the kick-ins, um, but 
I've now gone Alan again. <laughs> I've got priest to Alan. Yeah, priest priest to Alan. Yeah, look, uh, I think if you're going to make the priest to Alan trade, it's it's got to be to to you know try and hit a six. And I think going row bottom and, and two good Indians uh, is two pretty big sixes. Mm. Yeah, that's it's worth a specky downgrade for the two big names of bringing in. Uh, uh, the most specky spot this year. Yeah. Have you um changed yours? Uh, well, I haven't really had mine set in stone, unfortunately. Mm. It's just been an unfortunate situation where I have had trades that I liked. It's just I'm, I am agonising close to doing something that I really want to do. Yeah, um, but which is? Uh, look, I, oh, you know, it would have been that I could have brought in Maddie this week and I am 6K short. <sighs> could have done Emily Borg down to D. Heslop, uh, Schultz to Strong, Parker to Press Parkers. Uh, but alas, I cannot. So, so instead of uh, finding a different trade, you're just sitting there looking at this one that you could have done and being upset about well, the six the grand. That had, that's the one that I'm, uh, I had preloaded. There's still a possibility that I do my heads to Darcy um, Borg down to, no, no sorry, Wicksteed down to Tripodi and then uh, Parker up to Riddell. Just I like Tripodi. Look, I like Tripodi. She's got a horrendous matchup this week, but uh, she's got a low break even. So I think it's like in the teens. So mm. I think she can hit that this week, even if she's not got amazing time on ground. They've still mm. got Neve Martin playing, the Irish player, mm. who I think will get less time on yep. ground than Ruby. So yep. that's my thinking there. And I think she can hit another 30. She did look better last week. Mm. So, yeah, that's where I'm at. And then in terms of captains, I'm, I'm wavering. It'll either be Gardner into Robottom or Robottom into Garner. Sorry, just to clarify, the into is the, the captain is the latter? Yes. So say that again. <laughs> it's Gardner into Robottom or Robottom into Garner. Oh, oh, it's the C on Garner against yeah. Melbourne. I'm, cons- I'm concerned, yeah, because I don't, they, Melbourne don't run a tag. Hmm. And I think it might be that there'll be more ball for tackles. And that's what Garner has done in the bigger matches this year. She's really been able to have good scores because of her tackling. Whereas in the games where they're just front running, she's just a downhill skier and she gets every bloody clearance and breaks Peter's game records. Drats. Drats? This is the week I don't have a loophole because of this. No, I I don't want to get angry at Paris McCarthy. Welcome back to Sydney. Glad you're playing again. Damn it. Yes. <laughs> Damn it. Many, many, the Sydney Football Club has been very uh, kind in giving us a lot of interviews. I wouldn't be going around uh, panning them. Uh, yeah, I know. It's just annoying for my fantasy. I was just enjoying the loophole, actually. But, yeah, anyway, I will decide right. later. Yes, I'm sure you'll get to agonise over that. Mm. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Thank you for everyone who uh, listened through the, you know, 20, 25 minutes of just me. <laughs> Can't wait to listen uh, back to that. that. That'll be great, I'm sure. It's just a lot of uh, a lot of words out very, very quickly. I'd love to see what my uh, words of the minute was if you could ever get it transcribed. <laughs> Thanks for everyone who's listening along. You know, we'll be back on, you know, early next week with our pod, uh, with our round review. Our questions will go out. 
tweet will go out for questions on the Sunday night. And as always, you know, be sure to follow us on the socials. Make sure you're following us on Twitter and on Instagram. And also make sure you're following myself at Liam, AFLW Fantasy, and Mel at mm. uh, specifically underscore yeah. Mel at Hi, <laughs> oh, no. Mel D. All right, perfect. Thanks, everyone, for listening. And, uh, yeah, you'll hear from us uh, next week. Enjoy. Good luck, everyone. Bye.